This is the Bill Kelly Show podcast. This is a big anniversary, of course, anniversary year for Mohawk College, and it's also uh, a celebratory year because we're talking about uh, the the co-op programs and the success of co-op programs and how education has evolved over the years. And over the next uh, three hours, we're going to talk with a plethora of people uh, that are going to bring us up to speed on how education is changing and how students are, are being geared uh, and, and channeled, I guess, uh, into their desired uh, disciplines and what they want to do with the rest of their lives uh, and getting them uh, ready to do that sort of thing. And uh, to that end, we're so pleased to welcome, uh, first of all, our host here, the president of Mohawk College, Ron McCurley. Ron, good to have you here today. Good morning, Bill. Thanks very much. Well, good to have me here, actually. Nice to be on the show and welcome. As it turns out, great to be back here. This place changes every time I come back up here. There's something new going on, and I noticed that just coming into the parking lot again today. You're, you're building something again. We are. So this is our, uh, it's 96,000 square feet, a net zero building called our Joy Center for Partnership and Innovation. So uh, the demand is for more technology uh, graduates, and so we'll be able to put another thousand students through our technology programs over the course of the coming years, and uh, that's what the marketplace tells us they need. Uh, you're running out of space here. Uh, <laughs> But the, 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 the programs just keep on coming here. I mean, there's, there's something new, a new variation all the time. Well, we're building higher this time. We're going an extra uh, floor in height because we are uh, pretty landlocked here and we are running out of space, as you say. So. But obviously, I mean, the, the college is all over the place. I mean, the, the, the work that we saw when we were down at the Stony Creek campus uh, a couple of months ago now, uh, and you see how that's grown from the time that uh, that, that program started initially. Uh, but this is, uh, as you and I talked about in the past, Ron, this is really the dream of, uh, of what Bill Davis, the Premier of the Province of Ontario, had back uh, in the late 60s uh, when he decided on this community college program. Uh, I'm, I'm sure the vision that he had and that, that others that, that came after him had is, is, is exactly what we're seeing here at Mohawk. It's such an incredible success story. So we're celebrating our 50th anniversary this year, as uh, all the other colleges are as well, the 24 Ontario colleges. And uh, it's just turned out to be exactly what the uh, employers need in terms of uh, future-ready graduates who have applied uh, learning, uh, who uh, can go into the work world, who can take co-op terms, uh, and who can be ready for uh, for jobs uh, when they graduate. So We're, we're going to talk working. to some of those folks uh, from the programs here and the ones that are doing this. I, I'd like to know, I guess, well, because I, I go back to 1972 when I started here at Mohawk. It's quite a few years ago. Uh, you all too young to remember that uh, on our panel here. But... Uh, the the attitude in in the community at that time uh, when when was they decided to listen this co-op program seems like a pretty good idea but it, it doesn't work unless there's a buy-in from from the the community itself and from the the, the the possible and potential employers does it well that's exactly right we have uh, more than 1500 employers who work with us who uh, provide co-op opportunities for our students it's a big deal uh, it's uh, incredibly meaningful, both for them in terms of them getting to see what students are capable of doing and energizing the workforce, as well as our students, obviously, who get the work experience and the income. Well, you got to give the, the ones that were on sh- board way back in those early days an awful lot of credit for buying into this, because I'm sure the first question is, say, well, what's in it for us? Well, future employers, really, employees, rather. Well, in, fast, in fact, uh, Mohawk had the very first co-op program of any of the colleges back in 1970, so one of our uh, uh, management uh, technology programs at that time was the very first co-op program. Could you imagine sitting on the board at that time and saying, uh, we want to do this thing, we're going to call it co-op. Uh, it means we're going to send people out of the college before they graduate to get some work experience. 
Uh, I'm sure some of the board members thought we were crazy at the time. <laughs> uh, and, well, okay, we'll go back to those days some other time. I want to talk to some of the other people that are involved in this right now, too. Brian, stick around for a few minutes. Uh, Kirk Patterson is here, Employment at Work. Kirk is a Cooperative Education and Career Action, uh, University of Waterloo, among other things. Great to have you here today. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Bill. And uh, also, Jim Vanderbeek, and, of course, uh, Dean of Dis- uh, Interdisciplinary. I, I, every word, the word discipline just throws me off all the time. Uh, but interdisciplinary studies, of course. And Lisa Dietrich, who is a co-op specialist uh, with the college as well. Great to have all of you here, too. Uh, Lisa, you and I were talking just before we got on the air here, but about, as, as Ron was just alluding to, the, the history of the co-op program here and how Mohawk was the first community college to actually do this. From those early beginnings, uh, let's talk a little bit about how it has evolved and where you are today. Well, uh, Bill, thank you. I'm very, very happy to have you here at the college today, first of all. Um, we actually have uh, 25 uh, programs here at the college um, that are co-op based. So that means that uh, there's an intensive co-op preparation that, um, that is actually takes place with all of the students. Um, for example, we have uh, business marketing, co-op business, um, uh, you know, advertising. We have, uh, we have the uh, mechanical engineering technology program, architectural, civil engineering. So 25 programs that are actively working um, with the cooperative piece, which means that uh, those students are prepped. They have five intensive weeks of uh, in-class training with one of us, uh, a co-op specialist. And we prepare those students through um, creating their resume to sitting an interview. And those students are introduced to uh, Career Ready, our online uh, job posting portal. And uh, very exciting process for students. I mean, it's a very intimidating process for most, too, because it's uh, it's the first time that students will actually have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to explore their field and to to come to understand what uh, what it will actually mean to to work in industry, and that's terrifying. And it's terrifying to sit interviews, as we all know. So um, so those no, uh, no matter where you are <laughs> in that paradigm. So true. So um, those intensive um, weeks of preparation are important, but um, but certainly students who are engaged in the process and who are working diligently to um, to actually actively seek positions and, and communicate with their specialists. Those are the students that are really going to get a lot out of the program because they're focused, they want to start applying their skills to an actual real work environment, and they want to start interfacing with the, uh, the industry um, so that they can actually have meaningful relationships, build partnerships, diversify their portfolio. And um, and you know really come to um, to actually start thinking about uh, their career and where they want to be after graduation. So it's truly a transformative process, and I see it so often how students will actually come into the class extremely terrified, and uh, I'll go visit them because we do visit the students when they're out in their work term, and uh, the confidence and uh, the transferable skills that they're learning, the communication piece. Um, they've been texting. Now they understand how to actually, you know, uh, conduct themselves in meetings and, and present information. It's, uh, it's truly an amazing process. So it continues to grow. Um, the number of students in our programs continue to grow. And uh, we have many international students that are participating in the program. So it's, it's really an exciting thing to be a part of here at the college. I can remember, Kirk, the first time I walked through these doors here uh, in September of 72. Uh, I was intimidated, shy, nervous, uh, apprehensive about an awful lot of things. And, and one of the key elements, to, and, and I think Lisa just touched on this a second ago, was, was the staff, the teachers here. Uh, these are not just teachers. Uh, oftentimes, the, the, the instructors, the people that are focusing on the students right now, are, are mentors for these students, aren't they? Very much so. Uh I had that same feeling in 71 when I walked through the doors at Fanshawe and started my program. So a lot of them were right out of the industry, 
or working part-time in the industry and teaching part-time. So, for example, in my uh, situation, I took a law program, and a lot of the lawyers were still practicing and teaching at the same time. So, you know, over the years, it's changed to the base where you got more full-time professors and that. But basically, you're bringing in the staff that uh, in the college system that have already had that hands-on experience and they're imparting it to the students and then the students take that knowledge and put it to work in their co-op jobs. That's that's a big part of it, Jim. And again, I'll, I'll just go back briefly to my experience. I mean, I was in communication arts here. Uh, Norm Marshall was there. Of course, Norm was still doing television news on Channel 11 back in those days. Uh, Doug Glynn was teaching us journalism. He was still writing for the Globe and Mail at that time as a, as a political reporter. Uh, Baden Langton was uh, jetting down to New York on weekends to work for ABC News. And, and when you have that interaction with people that are there, I mean, these are faces and names that you know. And, and that, that really, really, I think, helps the students get engaged in this right now because they're feeling, hey, we're learning from some of the best. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. I think what we're really focused on is making sure we're connecting the classroom to the workplace, making sure that students have that opportunity to uh, ensure that they can uh, connect the theory, uh, connect all the learning that's, uh, that is happening in the classroom back to a workplace environment where they're working within a team, they're working closely with professionals, and they're gaining that incredible experience uh, certainly contributing to their own skill sets, also contributing to uh, the employer's uh, competitive needs. And so that, that integrated learning opportunity, what we call work integrated learning opportunity, is essential. And I think it, it, what it does as well, Bill, is it brings the student back to the classroom once they've had that experience and they come back into the classroom they're a highly motivated individual, highly motivated learner. They understand the context of what's happening in the classroom, and uh, that is certainly something that uh, creates a, a really uh, positive environment for them in terms of pursuing uh, their uh, their credential here at Mohawk College. But that's that's part of that evolution, isn't it, uh, really, Ron? When you look at what's going on here at, at Mohawk, but even in, in, at universities now too. Uh, it's not just classroom learning. I mean, oftentimes you you go to the classroom, you go to the institution, you go to the classroom, and it's it's almost an abstract uh, exercise because you know you're not getting that practical experience. But with the co-op program, you're out there. It's all integrated. Classroom, of course, has got to be part of that. And it's an important part of it. But that hands-on experience from the, the, the professionals uh, that is is inspiring. I would think as people get involved in this and they say, "Hey, I can do that. I could be there too." province calls it uh, work integrated learning and uh, one of the goals is to try to get more and more students into a work integrated learning program so that they get the, the practical application of the theories that they're learning in class and I think that's uh, been all our hallmark as a college from the very beginning uh, all colleges uh, the applied learning uh, aspect of it and uh, it, it is so much easier for many students when they are hands-on and get a chance to put the theory to practice and get to uh, to really have it cemented into their mind uh, in terms of uh, how it, it's supposed to function by by doing it in a work environment and so that's a benefit it's it's clearly uh, one, one of the things I think that sets colleges apart from from any other post-secondary learning institutions how, uh, how, how do you prepare the students for this this is a big leap Lisa when, when they come through here and go into this program uh, as I said uh, you know <laughs> When, when Kirk and I were just reminiscing about our early days here in community colleges, 
uh, it, it can be a little bit intimidating. Uh, magnify that by X number of times because, in fact, now you're going out into the workplace now. And that can be intimidating. You know, the, the, that self-doubt, am I ready for this? Can I handle this sort of thing? And that, that's got to be part of the preparation, I would think, too. Oh, absolutely, Bill. Um, what we do uh, rely on um, throughout the uh, co-op preparation process is our, our employers uh, through, through that step as well because we ask them to come into the classroom and we ask them to speak to uh, what they're looking for in a resume, what they're looking for in a successful interview. Um, and it's not just about obtaining employment, it's about maintaining employment as well. So what types of things in the workplace should they be thinking about doing? Should they be focusing on to be successful? Um, we, we offer the students the opportunity um, to engage in mock interviews. So um, they'll come into uh, to the, uh, to co-op services, we'll shake their hand, we'll sit down with them, and we'll actually go through the process of interviewing them. Um, we encourage them through other tools online um, to, to actually practice the interview as well. Um, I find that the interview is probably the most, uh, the most terrifying and, and what students really need to, to work on. And it's just confidence. It's like anything, sure, yeah. you know, you really just need to, um, you need to practice, you know, whether it be with an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, um, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and just sit down and go through the most commonly asked questions. You know, how do I respond to, you know, what is my greatest weakness? What is my greatest strength? What do I say? You know, how do I prepare? Um, and it's, it's about analyzing that job posting and really getting a sense of what strengths I bring to the table and speaking confidently about those strengths. Um, I think a lot of students feel that they're bragging. That's what I get a lot in class. Oh, I feel like I'm boasting when I speak to my communication skills or what I've done. And, and it's not about that. It's about providing information to the employer so they can make an informed decision about uh, whether or not you're the right person for the position or if they want to take it to the, to the next step and take you on a tour of the company. So those preparation classes, I think, um, you know, they're mandatory. They have to be there. They have to listen and they have to engage and ask me questions. That's, that's the purpose of the co-op specialist role. One of the other elements that uh, happens oftentimes, Kirk, is, is when you get into that workplace environment, uh, you get exposed to different facets of the job, and, and Lisa and I were talking just before we started the segment here. Oftentimes, you'll go and say, I'm going in this direction now. I thought I wanted to do this, but I kind of like what's going on over here. Yes, that's quite common. Uh, I can recall, you know, when I used to do site visits, you'd be talking to a student. Uh, one of the first ones I ever did when I was with Waterloo, I was Waterloo in the role. I uh, was talking to an engineering student working for uh, a water resource company. And all of a sudden he started talking about mining. And I'm going, okay, you're in this, but you're now talking about what's the interest. And his passion was geology. So he says, you know, I've done a couple of co-ops in this field. I don't like it. I want to take it a different direction. Am I going to be too late doing it? And I said, no, you've got time. you got two more work terms. Let's start thinking, how can we find you a job in mining? So quite often students will do that. And... Uh, it's great when you see a student finally realizing, hey, this isn't for me. I'd much rather a student make their changes while they're on a co-op work oh, absolutely. as opposed to trying to say, mom and dad, look, I got a degree <laughs> in this. Can you give me another 25000 30000 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start in this field now. You sound like you've had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, exactly. I did it with my son. You know, he yeah. didn't know what he wanted. So I told him to go to the college, take a general arts he decided, I want to end broadcasting, so he took broadcasting, and now he's with CTV, so he, he knew what he wanted after he spent a year, basically, uh, you know, doing general studies, so it does work. But your point's well taken, I mean, you're right, and 
before these programs existed and before students had that kind of exposure, oftentimes they'd get frustrated and say, I think I'm in the wrong area here, and, and they'd quit. They'd leave. Well, that's part of our role, you know, as the co-op consultants. We we not only are the uh, uh, facilitators uh, while they're on the job, but we have to become the, the priest, the doctor, the lawyer, <laughs> uh, the parents. I quite often said to parents, look, your role is done. You got them into the door. Now let us look at do our job and get them through this education pathway. And it's uh, taking on that role of parenthood again in order to help these students cope with so many facets of learning what happens on the job, understanding the social networking and employment, understanding all the nuances, you know, uh, the games that go on in a workplace. So it's quite, uh, quite the role. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Bill Kelly at Mohawk College, the Fennel Campus. We're talking and celebrating a co-op uh, week and uh, the 50th anniversary, of course, of Mohawk College uh, here in Hamilton and the great work that they've done and the integration, of course, with the community. And uh, we're going to have a number of people on the program through the course of the day today uh, from both sides of this, from the academic side, obviously, here at Mohawk. Uh, some of the students who have benefited from co-op placements here in the last little while, and of course some of the companies that have been intimately involved in this. And uh, we've asked uh, a number of folks to stick around. Lisa's going to hang around for a little longer, and so is Jim Vanderbeeken as well. Uh, thanks, guys, for hanging in here because I need to get your perspective on a lot of this stuff. And uh, we're pleased to welcome, uh, gosh, Marty, you're almost my co-host when we do these sorts of things. Marty Verhey, of course, from uh, our good friend at the Walters Group is with us. Uh, good to see you again. Thanks for coming in today. Uh, Let's let's talk a little bit about the the integration with Walters and, and Mohawk College and that partnership. That's that's a great success story. So yeah, we've we've talked a lot about Walters over the last couple of years, but uh, in terms of uh, Mohawk College, we're we're a local employer and Mohawk's a local college, and we have a great partnership and we hire lots of co-ops with the plan to turn them into full-time hires once they've graduated. And uh, it's, it seems to me, I mean, when we did the program a couple of months ago from the Stony Creek campus, and we talked to a lot of those students and, and some of the instructors down there, too, this, this seems to be a, a partnership that is, to say the least, mutually beneficial, both for the Walters group and for the students. Yeah, it takes, uh, it's a two-way street, so there's there's obviously significant benefits for us as 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 the as a local employer and working hard on maintaining a good relationship like like anything uh, pays off for us large and of course for Mohawk as well being able to uh, to to be involved in the programs and talk about things that work for us and don't work for us so having a community college that's uh, willing to um, do what it takes to provide us with a great product so that's uh, it works very very well I want to bring Jessica Rinaldi into the conversation as well first of all thanks for coming today I have to get you to lean right into this Good morning thank talk you. to us about your experience um, so I'm in a student at Mohawk College I'm in the architectural technology program um, but I've been with Walters group for almost a year now um, completing a co-op placement in document control um, so I'm in the engineering and detailing office there, and it's, uh, it's been a, I want, uh, a learning experience. Tell me, about, yeah, I want to talk about your first day there and the integration and, and meeting. I've been up there, and I know how wonderful these folks are at the Walters Group. Uh, I, I got to figure that uh, a little apprehension when you first got there, but uh, I don't think that probably lasted very long, did it? No, everyone there is great. It's, it's a big company. There's definitely a lot of faces to learn, but um, everyone's very... Very eager to help, very eager to teach, and um, it's I've l- definitely learned a lot. How did, how did you find the placement? Did, uh, talk to us about that process when you got here, and and and, and there's, uh, there's something going on at the Walters Group. I mean, how how did you guys get together? 
so i found out about the placement at walter's group through mohawk's co-op program. they have a a web portal that there's job postings for the students looking for co-ops. and so i first saw the posting and i applied through the walter's group website and ended up getting an interview. and lisa, talk to us about the the relationship and how you yeah foster those relationships between a company like walter's group and the college as as you guys come together. well um as i mentioned earlier um bill, we actually rely of course on the industry ah community um a great deal, heavily in fact. um not just for ah coming to us ah looking for co-op students and for graduates but also um for input on on programming. so um the program advisory committee meetings that um that the specialists, the co-op specialists attend um we have representatives from from these um from these companies that will come to the ah the advisories and provide us with really meaningful information regarding um you know occupational forecasting um different um you know different uh trends in terms of the industry and and what the students should really be learning to pre- best prepare them to assume positions um with their company so we get this information from those advisories but we also get this information from the visits that we conduct so when i um when i visited jessica um on the um at at the actual work site i speak with the supervisor first and i say how are things going and of course things were going wonderfully and uh, you know saying saying her praises um but also we also like to ask is is there anything else that we can be can we, that we can be doing as a as a college to best prepare the students any additional skills um is the technical training where it should be so um so that the students and and we're we're obviously setting the students up for success and best um preparing them um as as we can as a college in that regard then jim curriculum is probably it's it's got to be fluid then doesn't it i mean it's ever changing you can't just say this is the way we taught it last year this is the way we're going to teach it this year uh it changes as you get that input yeah i think it's very important bill that we make sure that the curriculum that we have for each of the programs as lisa pointed out very well informed by the employer community they are critical partners in the co-op process we want to make sure again the experience for the student from the classroom to the workplace is seamless that they understand the connections back to the classroom and that they are understanding that in terms of the skill sets they're building both in the classroom and in with the employer are going to be working towards their professional uh capabilities and their talents so it's absolutely essential that we make sure that we continue to review we continue to work with our employers and stakeholders and the students as well and make sure that that information and that curriculum and that the approaches that we take in the classroom are as current as possible in terms of meeting industry needs there was a time years ago I remember talking to a, a guy that ran a company here in town Marty and he said you know I, I love the students at Mohawk and but you know the whole thing is we hire them but they come back and then we have to say okay forget everything you learned there and I'm going to show you how to do it our way uh because you know everybody has their own idiosyncratic way of 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 performing and and making things happen uh that steps eliminated right now because you're 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 molding them right from day one aren't you yeah i'd say that's a bit of an old yeah. old school way of doing it maybe um as as as, as, ago, sir, as i'm listening to uh, <laughs> as i'm listening to this discussion i think of one word and i think it's involvement yeah. i think it's easy for the employer to sit back and say hey this is what we need but i think the employer uh, just like the college has to work hard uh, together to be involved and uh, i think the more involvement there is with each other the better the outcomes are going to be uh, you know in staying current just one example um is one of the technical programs here um we have we have staff coming in from walters to teach portions of of the 
of the course itself, right? So uh, we use highly specialized 3D modeling software and um, we can have someone from Walters come into the actual program and teach a, a six week segment of that. And now we're, instead of saying, forget about what you've learned, let's just be involved in the learning and let's teach you specifically what we need, the skill sets we're looking for. Um, and then through the co-op process, bring people in. And then we've got, we've got a perfect product with students that are already uh, well-educated on some of the processes and systems that we already use. Because there was a time, obviously, with education and then there was work, and they were in silos almost. Okay, well, i got to do this, and then i got to go that. Those lines are gone now, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. We we uh, we really focus on the fact that, hey, you know what, you go to Mohawk College to get a job, and that's uh, that's the way we look at it. And, and in terms of, of how important it is, this is this is definitely our most successful and most important feeder to our uh, to our recruitment plan at Walters. How, what, I want to find out about how working with the Walters Group, Jessica, actually changed your approach uh, to the job and, and to maybe your career path. Did you, did you find that as you were exposed to more elements of, of what you were enjoying to begin with in, in that workplace environment that, that it changed your, your perspective on what you wanted to do or how you wanted to do it? I think so. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think so. Um, I, going in, I really I thought that I wanted to get into the design side of things um, more working you know in the modeling and that sort of thing but as I've one thing that's nice about Walters is I get to see uh, the whole process like I get to see um, the estimating process at the beginning of projects I see the design I see the project management I see the um, how things work with the site, the actual construction mm -hmm. site. Um, and I think that the coordination between all of that is kind of what I I like, and that's kind of what I want to get into. So so that's really changed then, obviously. And that goes back to your point, Lisa, that you were mentioning in the first segment of the program here, that that exposure to, to different elements is, is, is very, very important in, in, in the, the, the education process here and exposing them to different possibilities uh, as far as their careers are concerned. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a, a really wonderful aspect of, of co-op because, um, I mean, depending on the program, students have three, four opportunities, um, and each opportunity is four months in duration. So potentially that student could have four different opportunities with four different employers, dramatically different work experiences. Um, even if the student is with the same employer for more than one work term, um, as they develop confidence and skill, um, it will evolve. So they'll be given, you know, additional tasks. They'll perhaps be moved to a another department and, and have exposure to that department. So oftentimes I'll speak with students and they'll they'll say to me, Lisa, no, I only want to apply to these jobs. This is what I want to do. And um, I'll say, you know what, keep an open mind because these are all wonderful opportunities with excellent employers. And oftentimes it's that experience that they would never have actually opted for that opens the door to an entirely different career than what they had preconceived for themselves. So it's, it's, it's really an amazing process to see um, students, you know, trying on different environments for size to see where their technical skills and their personality best fit. Jim, how do you maintain that uh, that dialogue between the student and, and, the, and the staff members here? Uh, as we were talking about earlier with, with Kirk Patterson when he was with us here on, on the program, he says, you know, the, 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 the professors, the teachers, the the instructors here, they're almost like father confessors, they're, they're mentors, they're just, you, but you've got to have that relationship uh, back and forth uh, so, so that there's a free flow of information back and forth. Yeah, I think it's very important that we, uh, for Mohawk, it's been an investment in ensuring that the connection with the employer is absolutely vital. Uh, <clears throat> the co-op consultant plays a very important role in that connection. 
fostering that relationship, mentoring the student, but also mentoring the employer, ensuring the employer is comfortable and confident about bringing that student on. We're very diligent about the co-op experience. We want to make sure it is a very real experience for the student relative to their program, the discipline that they're working in. So we want to make sure that that workplace experience is as constructive as possible and it leads and supports the learning in the classroom. So that is very important. Now, as Lisa pointed out, the uh, program advisory committees play also a very important role in building that relationship. So we want to make sure that we're invitational. We want to invite the employer to be part of our learning community and to play that important and vital role in informing our curriculum, informing our program direction, how do we make sure that our programs are current within the within the economy that we have right now, the, the uh, competitive economy, and that's certainly something that we do through building those relationships and building those connections. As Marty indicated as well, we invite employers into the classroom to make sure that they have a role actually within the classroom to engage those students and to provide that kind of information and provide that type of support. Well, I found that when we were down at the Stony Creek campus, Marty, and uh, you know, one of the staff members that was with somebody from the radio station was uh, coming to one of the guests and say, well, now, do, do you work at, at Walters Group or do you work for the college? He said, well, both, really, <laughs> because it's, it's interactive. You know, up here, I'm down there. It depends on what, what's needed at any, any given time. Mm -hmm. The uh, just again following up on some of the things we've just been chatting about in terms of the free flow of information and providing the opportunity for uh, for the students I know that's an important aspect to Mohawk but I think it's important to note that employers need to be thinking that way as well and uh, literally Jessica's uh, literally just before we came onto this show uh, 15 minutes ago Jessica and I were chatting and she's being very humble about it but we have every intention to hire Jessica on into a role that she enjoys doing as well so you come in and you see the different opportunities and I think Walters is is great for presenting those different opportunities so whatever you feel uh, based on what you what you know and where you want to go uh, we, we can provide those different opportunities and uh, and we have every intention of hiring uh, Jessica on in, in a different department than where she's doing her co-op so um, those, I think it's important for employers to realize that it's also, hey, we have to go the extra mile and work with the students too. It's not here's the need and that's where you go. Let's let's find a home for you that you're happy with a with a full-time career. We should mention that uh, we haven't talked about that, but let's uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, uh, Lisa. That's money. Uh, these th these students get paid while they're doing this, and I, I saw one stat here that uh, Mohawk Co-op students have earned in excess of 53 million dollars in work terms last year alone. Yes. Not too shabby. <laughs> Not too shabby indeed. Um, well, Where these were are you guys when I was going to school? <laughs> I wasn't here yet. I know, I know. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, these are actual positions that employers have posted. This is a need in a company that, that has to be filled. And, uh, you know, these uh, employers are looking for students who are serious, who are focused, who have, who have the training. The employers know at what stage they're at in their program, so what they're able to bring to the table. And, um, you know, these are their competitive rates. I mean, they're, they're entry-level positions. Sure. Students, you know, it's a foot in the door. But um, what I always underscore to students in the classroom is, I mean, these are paid positions. I mean, in, in some cases, you know, people are volunteering for the same type of opportunity as you're getting in a paid capacity. And um, what you'll take away with you, you know, the, the networking, the, you know, the learning, you know, the engaging with the employers um, will far surpass um, that rate. But, I mean, in terms of, in terms of that... Uh, you know that money obviously that's going to go back to school that's going to go to saving 
and um, it's going to help them, you know, learn how to manage their money as well, you know, at this stage in their yeah, lives. Yeah, there's that student debt thing, isn't there, Jessica? That, uh, that tends to add up a little bit. <laughs> yes, if you can make a few is. bucks on the side while you're going along that path, that helps, doesn't it? Definitely does. <laughs> and and, get, and, and as, as Marty was just mentioning, you get integrated into the system. It's not like, well, I've graduated now, now I have to go look for a job. You've already had that exposure to the marketplace, mm-hmm. whether it's a Walters or with, with some other company like this. And more importantly, they know you. Exactly. It's 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 definitely a strong relationship to build between you know the student and the employer, and it uh, will make things a little easier upon graduation. And and it's almost like a feeder system, isn't it, Marty? To to, to have this sort of a relationship with a, an institution like Mohawk College. Uh, I mean, the Walters Group is growing exponentially over the last little while. We've talked about some of the great programs and some of the projects that they're involved in right now. Uh, and as they grow, it's it's got to be comforting to know that look at there's a talent source right over here. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, feeding off one of the earlier points about the fact that it, they are important positions. Well, speaking from the employer side, they absolutely are. We have positions that are filled by co-op students. So if that co-op student isn't coming into that position, we don't have that position filled. So as much as much as that's investment in the future and hopefully getting to full-time careers, it's definitely uh, there. We we have a handful of positions at Walters that are permanently filled by. Mohawk uh, co-op students, so it's it's also vital for our business, for our day-to-day operations. Well, and what I loved seeing when when I was up there to see what was happening at the operation up on Rymel Road too is that this is hands-on experience too. This is not like an internship or or a job shadow where yeah you just sit there and watch me do this and, and maybe you'll pick up a few tips. I mean they're they're working. I mean, yeah, you've there's got the responsibilities right with the tasks for sure. I'm just looking at some of the jobs you've had posted up yeah, here yeah. too, and I mean these are, these are. This is important stuff. I mean, you know, computer engineering, technology, things of this nature. I mean, you're, you've got them right in there from day one, and they're working side by side with the people that have been there for years. And that's that's the best. We feel that's one of the best way. They've got the education down pat. They've uh, they just need to be integrated into our work environment. And like I said, it's just uh, you know they come on co-op, and we we kind of treat them in the fact that they're never going to leave. So. Most of them don't. And that's a, <laughs> that's a good news story. Uh, what's what's the uh, the attitude like when? Uh, when you go knocking on a door, Lisa, or do they come knocking on your door now because of the success you've had here? I mean, success breeds success, and that word gets around pretty quickly. Well, um, we do both, of course. I mean, well, we we often have um, employers approach us, certainly. You know, we, we understand you have a mechanical engineering technology program. We'd like some students from that program for the summer, for example. But we, we also seek out opportunities for the students as well. Um, you know, we, we want to, to poise them for exciting opportunities in the field. And we look for graduate postings as well because uh, we post not only co-op positions but graduate positions as well. And oftentimes the co-op positions do lead into graduate positions. And it's, um, it, it's a wonderful uh, thing to see when you actually have a former co-op student return looking for a co-op student. And this happens quite frequently. So, um, so that communication continues. Um, you know, we're seeking. You know, we're we're engaging in the process of looking at opportunities. You know, in and around the Hamilton area, but also outside of Hamilton, we have many students that are looking to out of province experiences as well. Some students will come to me with opportunities outside of, of the country, and um, you know, we want to certainly encourage students to look abroad if they want to look abroad, and 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 we research and best investigate those opportunities for the students before they they actually assume those roles. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. It's always a pleasure coming up to Mohawk College and talking about some of the great success stories that are going on here. And uh, we're talking and celebrating co-op programs, of course. Mohawk College was the first community college in Ontario, uh, and as a matter of fact, first one in Canada that offered uh, co-op programs 
uh, dating all the way back to 1970 when they started this, and of course others have followed this. Uh, my co-hosts, uh, my hosts here, uh, Jim Vanderbeeken and uh, Lisa Dietrich are with us uh, from Mohawk College, uh, and, and thanks guys for hanging in here and, and steering us through this. I really appreciate uh, the invitation of being up here. Uh, I, I knew that when you, we set this program up, Lisa, and we said, okay, we want to talk to some of the, uh, the great companies and organizations that are the, that are the lifeblood of, of this program, I figured ArcelorMittal has got to be in there, of course, and because and, and, that's such a, a key part in just so many different facets of what's going on here in the, in the greater Hamilton area. Katrina McFadden is here. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, Mohawk and, and ArcelorMittal DeFasco, I mean, this is a marriage made in heaven, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've been in business for over 100 years. They are of course celebrating the 50th anniversary of colleges and we've had a great relationship for a number of years a number of years well i mean you know your product is steel your strength is people yes and, most uh, people know that. and if you have great people like uh, the ones at mohawk college here that you you're gonna come knocking on the door for for the talent aren't you absolutely absolutely you know we've got uh, up to 300 retirements every year for the next five years and we're going to be doing a lot of recruiting a lot of hiring and and skilled trades is a big part of that and that's what our relationship with mohawk is is all about and that's what uh, Ian's been working with us on for the last you know, six Ian, months, right? Ian is Ian Dennis uh, from Mohawk College. How are you doing today? Hi, Bill. Great. Yourself? Great. Thanks for coming on the program today. Talk to us about how you got involved in this program. Well, I was always wanting to be in the uh, trade sector. Millwright was always my program. That was without a doubt. However, the way that the trades are going nowadays, nobody's willing to sign, but everybody wants to work. So I ended up going through the Mohawk program, and it was great. So after about eight months, DeFasco recruits top of the class, and they sign you in their first day. So that's basically what happened. So what was that day like when, when you went down there? Oh, it was perfect. I've been trying to get signed for years, years, and it's very, very hard. Well, you've got you to have – there's got to be a catalyst for that, right? And that, that's really what Mohawk provides. Exactly. So uh, this is a classic case, really, of, of – of, giving an opportunity to a guy like this, uh, like Ian does, uh, Jim, to, to actually say, look, we can help you out here. We can steer you. We'll be the facilitator for this whole process. Yeah, I think the whole intention behind our, uh, our programs and programs that offer co-op is to provide a journey for the student, a journey of exploration, uh, a journey of understanding where they fit, uh, what their interests are, uh, the kinds of activities and the kinds of uh, professional pursuits that they want to engage in. And when they connect with an employer like ArcelorMittal DeFasco, and there's such a range of opportunity there, uh, they have that opportunity to kind of test what they're interested in doing and, uh, and, and create a passion for that journey. So this is really for, for Ian, I say, is, is it a great opportunity to, again, connect the classroom to the workplace, but also to kind of understand where he is going in terms of uh, his professional journey and, and what are the outcomes that he's working towards. Katrina, the relationship between ArcelorMittal DeFasco and, and Mohawk uh, is, is interdependent. I mean, obviously, because this gives you, I, I would think an ideal opportunity to to tailor uh, the, the future employers and and to be part of the education process too, not just part of the uh, the employer process. Yeah, absolutely. We work with Mohawk very closely. They understand what we're looking for in future graduates, and they're able to help us identify really who are the best and the brightest, who are going to be the best fit for us, and who are going to you know help us be successful. And also, they know you know what are we looking for in graduates, and what does what do their programs need to offer to be able to deliver that. 
expectations are, are always high in situation. But going in there, and I, I, you you have obviously a passion in for what you wanted to do, uh, and there's nobody opening that door for you. Uh, when you when you got this opportunity through Mohawk, this had to be like Christmas morning for you. Oh, absolutely. I called my dad and everything. He knows how hard I've been trying for years and years now. I've worked at many different places. I contracted 30 factories, a few shops. I came close a few times. Nobody willing to sign. Middle. they said, if you uh, want to come on with us and you get your grades up and everything, we'll sign you your first day. And that's exactly what happened. Which is actually, it's beneficial for you from that standpoint as well, because, I mean, it, it pushes you academically, doesn't it? Oh, it does. You learn much more through the diploma than you do just a traditional block release apprentice. Absolutely. So, and, and you figure, okay, i got to work hard at this because I want to keep what I've got. Oh, for sure. This, this is not a carrot at the end of the No, here. no, this, this is, is a this, life. This is, this is a career. There. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life, like, without a doubt. So that drive alone really pushes me. You mentioned, uh, Katrina, about uh, ArcelorMittal and, and how great things are from a business standpoint. This is a company that is doing very, very well. And, and as you say, uh, the steel industry is alive and well. It's got challenges. Everybody does these days in, in this global economy that we have right now. But you're going to find yourself, I guess already have found yourself, in a situation where a lot of uh, companies have found themselves right now. We've got people that have been great workers for you for many, many years uh, are at retirement age. and yes. and. and you, you've got to maintain that workforce and you've got to maintain that high level of, of efficiency that is, is really one of the, the penultimate characteristics of Fasco. So, so this relationship here is, is really beneficial to you guys and to the college Abs- and to the students like Ian. Absolutely. So we have one of the provinces, one of the country's largest apprenticeship programs. And we've had that for many, many years. And that really makes us a company that is well suited for a co-op program for apprentices. You know, our employees understand that training that next generation is, is part of their job. Right? And so we foster a, an environment of learning, of development, of training, and that is what we're using to help sort of manage us through this transition of significant retirement and bringing in new employees, uh, you know, such as Ian. Uh, fabulous relationship. Uh, how far down the program are you now? We're about six months into the program. Yeah. It'll be a 18-month total, or 16-month total, sorry, of co-op. And then after that, just uh, put in my hours, work, write. Hopefully within the next three years, I can have a ticket. Excellent, excellent. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. It's going to go swimmingly for you. Good luck. Thank you. And I'm glad these guys could help you and, and get you. Absolutely. Clearly, you've got a passion for this. You love it? Absolutely. I love it, yes. I love it's working there. It's just extremely hard to get in. Yeah. I, well, that's, that's what there's these guys There's too many for. leaving and not enough coming in, which is an issue. But there's also a lot of companies that aren't like DeFasco. They don't want to sign. They don't want to put the work in for the workers. And that's also a problem. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. We're celebrating the co-op programs here at Mohawk College. And I uh, want to bring in a, a couple more folks that have benefited from this. Well, the city of Hamilton, I guess, in a couple of different incarnations. Hamilton Police Services, Sergeant uh, Chris Button is here. Good to have you here, Chris. Thanks for coming in. Morning. And uh, with you is Aaron. McHenry. Okay. And you're a cadet. Uh, I'm an auxiliary right now. Okay, all right. So that's one step up. Talk to us about the program that's going on here at, at Mohawk College and how it how it works with Hamilton Police Services. Sure. Um, Aaron was part of our uh, Mohawk College experiential uh, learning program that we implemented last year. We're doing it again this year. Um, as part of our uh, part of their APS uh, students that we selected, uh, we had ten of them come to our program last year. 
and uh, they got to do a variety of, uh, of functions uh, with us uh, for four days. And I'll let Aaron talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's talk fun. about your experience. Yeah. It was awesome. We got paired with a new sworn that had just returned from OPC. Um, and we got to sort of mirror and shadow them uh, as they did their scenario work and ambush training um, and all of their use of force training. Now, awesome. do, 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 have you been to, to police college? Uh, no, I haven't. But oh. they had just returned from OB, uh, from Ontario Police College, and we got to sort of be paired with them while they came back for their in-house training. Because, because that education component, Chris, is a big part of this. And I know Hamilton Police Services are intimately involved with what goes, of course, uh, at the police college as well. And you've had a number of uh, officers that have actually been seconded up there for periods of time as well, and then come back here and share those experiences with, uh, with students like Aaron, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Aaron actually went to... Uh, university as well and then she did the advanced police uh, studies program so we really uh, are looking to uh, hire from the police foundations as well as the advanced police studies program here at Mohawk. They do a great job at training uh, all their students. Also with us is our, our good friend Dan McKinnon of course from the city of Hamilton, uh, public works manager. Uh, great to see you again. We've been on the phone a bunch of times but you're a busy guy down at the city. Uh, what with fixing Claremont access and everything, so good to have you here, Dan. Morning, Bill. How are you? Uh, great. Also is uh, Roger Zog, who is a student from Mohawk, who's involved with this. Uh, first of all, Roger, uh, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got wor working with the city of Hamilton through Mohawk here. Well, uh, first of all, I was uh, in urban planning, which I did two years here, and then following that, I uh, couldn't find work, so I uh, entered into civil because they had a co-op and uh, that's how I ended up here. So you got that exposure. Exactly. Uh, what about the, the, the relationship Dan between the city and, and Mohawk College when it comes to hiring and, and, and mentoring and, and, and to this degree with, uh, with guys like Roger? Well, I think the uh, co-op program at Mohawk College and the Public Works Department certainly in other areas of the city the relationship has existed for decades. I, I, I'm especially pleased to be here today because I'm a graduate of Mohawk there College of the co-op program in civil, just like uh, Roger will be shortly. So, uh, yeah, certainly over the years uh, uh, in public works, at any given time, we might have anywhere from 20 to 35 co-op students working with us on everything from uh, engineering design to construction inspection to uh, more, more these days is app development around uh, some risk management tools and that kind of thing. So there's a real... A wide variety of opportunities that the Public Works Department and the city at large can provide to co-op students from Mohawk College. You, uh, I want you to contrast and compare, if you could, uh, the tools that you had to, to use and when you were learning here at Mohawk College as opposed to what Roger is now. Things have changed a little bit. Yeah, just a little. Uh, <laughs> I, I think one of the most profound changes that anybody in our industry might have seen was back when uh, I attended Mohawk College. Just the instruments that we would use for surveying um, and, and the leveling uh, devices, they were, uh, uh, by today's standards, extremely primitive. Now, uh, surveyors can use total stations and GPS and use coordinates. So the amount of effort that goes into surveying and doing uh, um, in initial designs on construction projects is far more advanced, certainly, than it was 30 years ago. What about opportunities uh, for, for a guy like Roger or others that are in the program here at Mohawk College? Uh, we, we all know from the budgetary standpoint, I don't want to get too deeply into that today, but you know, there's, there's a concern, obviously, about those sorts of things. But at the same time, you look at what's happening in the city here right now, uh, there's a lot of development that's going on. There's a lot of growth that's going on. Uh, there's, there's things that need to be done here. So it, it seems to me as if the, there's, there's a place here for talented people in, in the, the city department, especially in public works. Yeah, I, I certainly agree. I, I think the, the fact that Hamilton's going through a bit of a renaissance uh, with respect to development, 
the fact that the provincial government is uh, compelling us to to stop sprawling and to grow and intensify uh, that just creates a lot of pressure and demands on and, and you need really bright people with a lot of skills to help you get through those and, uh, issues and solve those problems so more than ever we need uh, people who are educated and uh, who are creative to uh, to be looking to Hamilton as an employer it seems a similar situation I think Chris with uh, with Hamilton Police Services uh, when I went to high school, I, basically after grade ten, you could you could apply as a cadet, and and uh, eventually, as you became of age, of course, you could go over to the to Aylmer to the police college, and bingo bango, you're on the police force all of a sudden. But uh, the qualifications and what your expectations are for uh, for students and and for potential cadets uh, like Aaron and others like that have changed significantly over the years, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Um, long long gone are the days where we would probably hire somebody just with a high school education. Um, since I've been in our recruiting unit, I, I can think maybe two that haven't had post-secondary. So we're looking for definitely the post-secondary college or university, or in case Aaron, in Aaron's case, uh, a combination of both. And it's uh, it's it's a different kind of job now. Uh, there's a, there's a skill set. There's a kind of individual that you're looking for now too, isn't there? Yeah. It, you know, you have to be uh, so flexible and, and so uh, well-versed at, at everything in terms of just, you know, being able to talk to people, but also, uh, you know, good communication as well as being good on a computer or anything like that. Obviously, the crime is, is changing uh, all the time, so we have to be uh, definitely uh, ready for that. Yeah, well, you mentioned communication skills. Let's talk a little bit about the paperwork that goes into this. That's, 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 that, that doesn't get mentioned in the interview, does it? But that's a big part of your job. It definitely is. Uh, probably about you know five percent of it is that excitement and, and adrenaline, and ninety-five percent is is the paperwork, which is obviously very important. What's yeah? Talk to us about your experience, Aaron, as as you've been doing this right now. How how it's changed your perspective on this, and 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 where you want to go with it. Well, uh, when I first started out with my experience, experiential learning program, it was awesome. Um, you get to meet a bunch of new people. You get to socialize. You get to network. It basically taught us how to be professional and it opened up doors for me to become an auxiliary or a cadet as well. Uh, a couple what was of that friends. like? Well, it's, it was great. It, when you started the experiential learning program, it is an interview that you, you have to go to in order to be hired on or accepted into the program. And then from there, they asked us if we wanted to uh, become an auxiliary, but it's still another interview process. So continuous uh, interviews and to get hired on. All right, and uh, w talk to us about that interaction when you're actually uh, out there working. It's great. Well, I actually, um, right now I get to do uh, ride lanes, ride-alongs with police officers, so I get to see sort of what the role is. Um, I get to meet a lot of sergeants and uh, other officers and sort of network in that way, and I get to see what the job is like, so it's, it's incredible. And what do, you, do you like it? Are you I having love fun? It. <laughs> yes, yeah, hopefully... One day I'll be hired on as a constable. That'd be fabulous. Yeah. What about your uh, work experience, Roger? As you've gone through this, what what's, what are you doing for the city right now? How's uh, what you, what's your, the responsibility? What's the job? Well, my responsibilities was to uh, sort of represent the city, uh, be the eyes and ears, uh, and uh, uh, help with the integrity of the contracts um, and anything that my mentors, contract inspectors, uh, had me do, like uh, measurements for payments. Uh, safety was always uh, a big thing, always watching out for safety, making sure that book seven was followed and any other safety procedures are, are followed. Now you, you changed streams a little bit, you, you mentioned that you were in over planning for a while and you were into this one. Uh, how difficult was it to make that kind of a switch? That's a good question. Uh, it, was, it was quite difficult. Um, 
I didn't find work in urban planning. Um, I looked for about a year and I thought, okay, what are they looking for? And they're looking for experience and I didn't have any. So I thought, how do I get that experience? And civil has, you know, the opportunity to have a, you know, a 12 month co-op broken up into eight months and four months. And I thought it's a no brainer. I've already got some of the similar courses. And so I just made the jump. Did you talk to some of the folks here at the college about that, that you were yes. thinking of switching over, and, and how did they help you? Well, I, I talked to Rocco Carbone, who was the uh, pro, uh, the coordinator for, for Civil, and uh, he recommended that I take some bridge courses that I didn't have, and uh, the rest is history. Where are you on the, in that, that process right now? Uh, currently, I'm in fifth semester, and I'm going back with the city of Hamilton for my summer co-op starting in May. And Dan, you, you mentioned that there's opportunities here. How many how many students would you be having uh, on staff at any given time from the college here in, in different disciplines? Uh, well, in public works alone, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably anywhere from 20 to 35 uh, during any co-op term. Uh, certainly the uh, summertime is more um, oriented towards the construction industry, so we get very busy in the summertime. And the work that Roger does is very helpful to us because... Uh, uh, we, we have a number of contracts that are going at any given time and, and, and we need somebody on site to do those inspections and to not only uh, kind of from a technical perspective but also to liaise with the uh, the residents on the street because you know a lot of the construction work that we do is very invasive it's very disruptive to the street that we're on so having that kind of uh, communication with the homeowners is really important too so public relations is part of your job too isn't it you, you've got <laughs> you've got to assuage some of the concerns of neighbors that say when are you going to get that thing off my off my street you know I can't get up and down the street and on and on it goes with things like that uh, but, but that goes back I think to uh, to the point that Chris was making earlier too about about communications and uh, this is both these jobs, and, and basically one of the undercurrents, I guess, of just about everything we've talked about here is communication skills and being able to, to get your a message across, but also to listen to to residents. And uh, just as, as, as Roger has to listen to residents and say, okay, we've got some concerns and take those back, uh, police officers doing the same sort of thing too. This is very much a communications business, isn't it? Oh, it's huge. Uh, it's one of our essential competencies, is what uh, is what we call it, and, and it's required. It's through the Ontario Association of Chiefs of Police, um, and it's it's one of our uh, interview questions that we have during one of our ECI interviews, and um, you have to be able to demonstrate that you have good communication skills just to get hired. Well, it looks like you do, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> you, you seem pretty energized by this. You're having a lot of fun? Yeah, well, it, that, that's why I love the co-op and the experiential learning program. And it's a great way to show that you have those communication skills and those skills that they're looking for in a police officer or an auxiliary police constable or cadet. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. Celebrating uh, co-op programs here at Mohawk College and uh, also celebrating, of course, the 50th anniversary of Mohawk College and uh, the great work that they have done in the community. Joining us now is uh, Mary Martin, who is a professor in the insurance program here at Mohawk. Great to have you here. Thanks for coming Thanks, today. Thanks, Bill. Nice to be here. Great. And, uh, uh, Two of uh, your, your star pupils, of course, uh, Pat uh, Masiata is here and uh, Alan Forbes are here. You guys, thanks for coming in here today. Thank you for having us. You, thanks for having tell us, us. Tell us a little bit about the program first, Mary. Well, what can I say? Nothing but fantastic. Uh, Mohawk is the longest-running insurance program in the province of Ontario. Uh, we have great relationships with our industry partners. We have the highest amount of scholarships and bursaries that go to our students, our local brokers, our Ontario brokers, and companies support the program. 
year year in and year out. we have field trips that our students attend we bring them into the industry so they're networking with employers and thus we started the co-op just about three years ago. david talk to us about the interaction with the the industry itself. there's some great insurance companies, some brokerages here. some some of my best friends are insurance brokers. they 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 play a key role in the community from a volunteer standpoint and and community activities and everything. but i would think that they would be intimately involved with what happens here at the college then too. yes, we have a very strong insurance advisory and a lot of the local brokers do participate and they give back to the students uh, via scholarships and bursaries. We count on them. It, it, that's one of the reasons why it is such a great program, these strong relationships that we have. How did you get involved in this, Pat? Uh, my dad encouraged me to check out insurance as a career option when I was you know, looking for careers. I came to Mohawk because it was in the area, and uh, I've never regretted it. So, how, uh, Same idea, same question for you, Alan, then. How you got involved in the program? Ah, you kind of fall into insurance. You don't... <laughs> You know, um, is that a bad pun? Falling in insurance? Never no, no, no. no. <laughs> I started at university. Um, found a job at Cooperators, where I started off, and it just went from there. So, how do you move into something like this? I mean, it's it's, it's a, a fabulous program, and as I say, there's uh, there's so many people that, that are involved in this industry here in this town. Uh, when you say you went to university, was, what was your intention when you went in? What were you going to do with your life at that stage? Originally was planning uh, to go uh, to become a lawyer <laughs> as well. Um, a worthy profession. Yes, yes, truly worthy. <laughs> um, and how did you get this detour? Ah, oh, I was working and going to school full time as well. I uh, went from my previous job and then uh, there was a opportunity to work uh, for uh, a branch of the cooperators uh, instead. It allowed uh, a bit more flexibility between uh, working and going back to school or and going to school and what ended up happening is once I finished university, it became uh, full-time. And Was there a eureka moment for you when you said, hey, this is kind of cool. I don't mind doing this. Uh, yes, there was. Um, Tell me that story. <laughs> well, that's my backstory. <laughs> is I, I did do a co-op. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't through Mohawk, but it should have been. But, um, uh, actually, at my high school for a law firm. Uh, so I was exposed to uh, one lawyer was family, one was criminal. And one was, uh, I think it was tort that she did as well. So I was able to see uh, the different aspects uh, of each of the branches, um, you know, of that. And the one thing that was there is they worked hard. You know, they were very good. Mm-hmm. However, it was that, that balance, I guess, uh, that they kind of said it's a lot of work, depending on which branch that you're in as well. And there was not a lot of opportunity for uh, that work-life balance, that personal life as well. Um, I talked with them a bit more, you know, I saw the things that they did every day, sometimes off work as well, and I said, you know what, you know, I like to enjoy a bit more of life as well. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> What important. else is that's, there? That's there important, is. isn't it, Mary? Definitely. I mean, you, you've got to have that. You, uh, it's, it's great to say I'm working 19, 20 hours a day, but that's not really good for you, and it's not good for your, your social life, it's not good for your physical being. Uh, you've got to love your job and be passionate about it, but you've got to have some downtime too. Definitely. And, and Definitely. it's one of the advantages of this business, obviously, is that there are I, I don't want to necessarily say flexible hours, but there is some some opportunities there to kind of decide your own schedule to a certain extent, isn't there? Definitely. And uh, getting back to the support of the industry, the employers, 
we also have the support of the institute of canada and our students have the opportunity to write the national exams while they are a full-time student and also at the end of their fourth semester if they're in graduate status do the rebo license so this is bringing value to the students thus bringing value to the employers when they hire them it's a complex industry though talk to us a little bit about some of the training and what you're what you're teaching here because there's so many different facets to it yeah within the program we teach nine uh, chartered insurance professional courses so they have a whole course for property insurance auto insurance liability claims underwriting and it gives them that exposure on an overview of the industry and then at the end they can decide which area they want to be employed in there are multiple job opportunities last Wednesday we hosted our annual insurance industry night here at the Arnie and we had more jobs than graduates for this semester so our industry partners are invaluable like I said the local brokers the Ontario brokers and uh, companies they give back they're very generous in hiring our students and also the scholarship opportunities and bursaries. And that's that's one of those things that I'm sure a lot of folks may not be aware of is is the different opportunities uh, within that industry itself. I mean, you think insurance, you think, okay, somebody's going to sell insurance. Uh, that's only part of it. There's, there's so many more diff- uh, uh, different aspects to this thing, to the, to, the whole, yes. to the whole big picture. Yes. I would also like to say all the faculty that teach the insurance courses in the program are all alumni of the insurance program, which is great. So all of our industry contacts become contacts for the students, which brings more value in the class when they're learning as well. So, uh, what about how long have you been doing this now, Pat? Oh shoot! I think I've been. This is this will be my third year in the uh, Mohawk College program. Spent a uh, first semester just doing the general business, a little bit of specialized insurance programs. Spent a year at uh, the cooperators, and now I'm just back finishing up my education. Now, what was that like at the cooperators? What uh, were you doing was, there? It was an amazing experience. I got to meet a lot of friends, a lot of contacts in the industry, and the the ability to take my Mohawk College education and actually apply it in real life situations. It was unbelievably awesome. It, which which area are you leaning towards right now? You mentioned you know, the first year is kind of a general purpose, and you, as, as Mary says, you're kind of getting exposed to all kinds of different aspects of this. Are, are you focusing or kind of zeroing in on one aspect of this? Not yet. I'm, I'm still very new to everything. I've only spent a year in the industry, so I do want to go back, you know, get, get back into my career, and maybe in a year or two I'll decide where I want to focus. But as of right now, just general insurance. Talk to us about uh, how this program has helped get you ready for that that time that you have with cooperators and and hopefully what's going to be happening down the road for you. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, Mohawk College, they teach you very practical skills. There's nothing theoretical and everything I've learned here at Mohawk, when I went to the cooperators, there was a eureka moment for everything. Everything I learned here, I actually got to use, I actually got to apply. So there was, there was nothing wasted. There was no classes that I didn't actually get anything from, which was really just awesome. So you, you, don't, you didn't have that attitude like a lot of people do, like, you know, gee, why don't I ever take algebra? I never use algebra in my life. But everything they teach you here is, is it's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I learned that. There, that. Yeah, they showed me how to do that. Absolutely. And it, was, it, was, it really was just a really cool experience, right? And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the, I know it sounds weird to say that the insurance industry is fun, but you meet great people, you work with a lot of people, it's it's good. Were you surprised as you, as you found out about what the industry was really like? I was surprised at how insurance really is everywhere in our world. It, uh, it was kind of overwhelming to realize that everything you do goes and works with insurance in some way. So, yeah, there was a lot of surprises. What about you, Alan? Same situation. I mean, you, you kind of got exposed to it and, and kind of got the bug from that too. But uh, uh, now you're, you've been exposed to a, a greater to a greater degree about the whole industry itself. Are you, are you zeroing in on one element of it? Ah, 
No, there's really all elements right now. I mean, it's 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 such a huge facet of it as well that you could uh, you could look at all aspects of it and still not reach that that point where I've seen and know everything. There's always something that's new, whether emerging trends, emerging technologies that now uh, that hasn't been there before, and how it applies to insurance. And then from at that point, you can now see how it works in uh, some of the specified um, portions of it, like from the claim standpoint, from the underwriting, from the risk assessment as well. So it's you know I've been doing this for a while. However, uh, I haven't uh, I haven't become bored. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part? Sorry. What's your favorite part of it? Oh, having uh, new students, uh, new uh, a new staff uh, to treat, uh, to to train, to mentor. You know, uh, like Patrick, who's doing very well as you know. So, you know, meeting new staff, having them go through uh, through that skills and knowledge development as well is one of the, the best things. You know, the, the, you can learn the nuts and bolts when you go to school, Mary. And, and okay, here's the law, here's mm-hmm. this policy, etc. These are the regulations. But one of the things that I, I I'm always impressed about what when I see students from Mohawk here, is that uh, your staff here go to that extra length. Uh, they, they develop people skills here too, which has obviously got to be a great part of what's going on here. Thank you very much. Uh, we do always enforce the soft skills component because doing a job, if you have those root strengths to do that type of position, such as uh, claims, you've got to deal with people who've been through a traumatic event, so you have to have a lot of patience to be able to listen to people, or if you feel that your strength is in sales, so you have that type of personality that you can deal with. So I think we get them ready by bringing them to industry events that we are part of still. As I said, all the faculty are alumni. We still keep up all our memberships with the Ontario Insurance Adjusters Association, the local brokers. So we bring students to these conventions, to the events, and they're networking with people in the industry. And some of our students even gain employment from some of those events because an employer might not be doing a formal interview, but they're looking at this student, talking to them engaged, and they're seeing those personal traits, the behavior that they think they'd be great in our office because they know they'll come out with the knowledge for the business to work with the product in the industry, but now it's them. Will they work in their office? Well, as I'm sure you teach them, uh, even if they're not going through an interview process, they're going through an interview process because that first meeting with anybody who's in the industry, uh, that impression that you make upon them is something that's going to stick with them. They may not even have seen the student's CV, but they certainly know what the personality of the individual is all about, and that that can that can score you some points pretty early, exactly. can't it? Exactly. Yes. And uh, I think that's why Patrick is poster child for uh, <laughs> the co-op. Now stream. he's blushing. Yes. <laughs> and the way the co-op works, we have a four-semester program. So they would come in in September, January. We have two intakes, and then they would go out to work for a complete year. Uh, in the industry, which is great, and we did a demographic survey, and the one year was a better fit with Matt Leaves being a year, and then they come back in their fourth and final semester, and they're done. So in Patrick's situation, he's going to go back to his employer, Alum, and uh, he's already got a job. This is a, a almost like, a, again, it's a lifeline for, for the industry, isn't it? I mean, as Mary says, Matt Leave or any other, other things like this. I mean, short-term employment, but at the same time, very beneficial to the student and to the company. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a mutual thing. You know, uh, if we invest more, you know, in the staff, there's going to be that expectation that, they're, that we're going to get back as well. And it's also reciprocal. They, you know, they're investing into the company as well, you know, and then they're going to get something out of it with now developed skills that they could take with them uh, pretty much anywhere 
you know, uh, in the insurance uh, field or even beyond. And and it's not you're not throwing darts at a board when you start looking for future employers then or employees rather because you already you've got a list of them. I mean, they, these are the people that have been through the program and worked with your staff already. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's it. Right? It's it's an easy transition. During that year, uh, when when a guy like Pat is involved in that in in the co-op program. Uh, do you maintain contact? Do you talk to them through the, the course of the? They're, they're not in. They're not in classrooms per se, but right. do you still have that that dialogue back and forth? Patrick and some of the co-op students would send me some emails here and there throughout their tenure, saying, you know, this is what we did today, and I remember you were talking about that in class, so they get the connection, and uh, it's wonderful. But we do have a co-op specialist who works out of the co-op department in Mohawk, Gordana, and she goes out and visits Patrick, and you could speak about that, I'm sure. What are those meetings like? Uh, they're, they're fun. You know, it's good to see somebody from the school again, and, you know, when you've been away for a year, it's it's refreshing. Uh, she just comes by the uh, workplace, makes sure that, you know, I, what I'm doing is actually relevant to insurance, and it is, it is, <laughs> so that's always good, right? Is, is it like a report card? Kind of, kind of. You know, I, I give her a little report, tell her, hey, this is what I've been doing, this is what I've learned. Uh, you know, I draw some lines between what I've learned here at Mohawk and what I've learned at the cooperators and what I've seen actually working. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a refresher. Now, when that happens, Alan, are you in that conversation as well? Are you having a conversation with, in that case, Gordana and, and with the college itself to, to let them know how things are going? Uh, with Patrick, I try, in this case? I try, or um, I'll send him a couple snippets of uh, his uh, reviews. <laughs> And I figure that speaks for itself. Uh, it pretty much outlines what he has been doing, uh, what things he's been doing specifically, feedback, what he's doing well, um, what he's not doing well, or what he's working on as well. Uh, do you leave them on their own, or do, is there a, like a daily meeting? Uh, because, I mean, you're not just throwing these guys into the deep end of the pool, though, are you? I mean, there's, there's mentoring going on here, I would imagine, with your staff and, and, and the student like Pat. Yeah, eventually you kind of have to throw them in trial by fire. However, sure. but before that... Um, there's a pretty extensive training program. Uh, training is about uh, 12 weeks. So 12 weeks of uh, in-class uh, training, a couple weeks of um, prep training to get their licenses as well, uh, write the exam to get the licenses, and then product, systems, you know, and uh, underwriting training as well. Then they're then on to the floor, and then through that they have mentors uh, that help um, help uh, help them with uh, their calls, their transactions, and help transition them until eventually they're on their own. But they're not really on their own. <laughs> Never. No, I mean, that's no, no, what the support no. network is like that's here. Exactly. Do, you, do you give them advice along the way? I mean, obviously about how to do the job, but I mean, if you see a, a guy like Patrick that seems to have a certain uh, aptitude towards something, do you, do you say, hey, have you ever thought about maybe focusing on, on this, whether it's sales or it could be underwriting or any number of other things like that? You, you're looking for those skill sets, I would imagine, too. Yeah, definitely. You want to have those skill sets first. So establish the skill sets, develop it well, and then from there, uh, we work out a plan of uh, how to transition from this particular role into maybe uh, the specific avenues or the other branches of insurance as well. Where do you want to go into um, underwriting, um, actuarial, if he really likes numbers, claims, uh, or the different portions of claims, ABBI, um, or anything else that's beyond there as well. So uh, there are some things that they may initially look at, you know, oh, I want to go into claims or I want to go into underwriting. However, there's so many facets as well that they're not aware of. My job is also to help them make them aware of these additional facets that they may also find appealing you know in conjunction to what they you know they see on the outside claims underwriting this is a this is a massive industry isn't it i mean you obviously you're learning every day 
uh, about what's going on. But I mean, were you surprised when you saw the scope of exactly the, the body of knowledge that you had to actually try to gather to get, to get your, your handle on what was going on here? Yeah, it was uh, surprising, overwhelming, and I'll be honest, the, for the entire year I was at the cooperators, I was learning something every day. Even on my very last day there, I was still learning things on my way out the door. So it's, it's a non-stop learning experience. No matter how long you're there for it, you're never going to be bored and you're never going to stop learning. And, and, and that's one of the things about the course at Mohawk here, obviously, Mary, is, is exposing uh, the students to this program. And, and, and again, I think I say a play word association, and you think, well, I'm, I'm going into the insurance course, so you're going to learn to be an insurance salesperson. Not necessarily. There's so many other elements here, and, and you got to have a little bit of this. You have to know a little bit about law. You have to know a little bit about medicine, you have to, and on and on and on it goes. The, the things you have to learn to actually focus on that part of the, the business itself is, is pretty extensive. Yes, we get them ready with the technical yeah. background and the foundational level, and then when they cross over into the employer, the employer will then do their in-house training, as Alum had said. And at that point, the feedback that I've heard from our employers that hire is our, our students are heads and shoulders above because they come in way above with that knowledge and then they're just ready to learn and be trained how the company wants them to work the product, whether it's the claim, the underwriting, or the sales aspect of it. I, I have, frankly, learned so much about this in the in there's just this conversation about the, the the wide variety of things that are available in this industry uh, and anybody who's listening who like your dad who said you know what what are your kids gonna do have them look at this I mean this is did you did you realize that when when your dad suggested you try looking into this course right now that it was going to be as extensive as it was honestly when he told me to look into this I thought insurance sales okay well I guess I can try it and then I got here and it's like well it's not just sales it's underwriting it's claims it's this it's that then even if I went within sales there's auto home life business I mean it never stops you're listening to the Bill Kelly show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML one of the things that uh, that uh, we found here of course is that uh, here at Mohawk College, uh, they started these programs in 1970. This was the first community college in Canada to actually institute a co-op program. And uh, to su- suggest that this has been an overwhelming success over the last little while would be a massive understatement. And we're going to give you a few more examples of that uh, today. And in uh, this particular segment, uh, joining us on the program is uh, Kim Boyle from Electro Utilities, formerly Horizon Utilities. You get changing business cards. This, not, that's a growth industry now, changing business cards. Great to have you here. Anyway, thanks Thank for coming you. in today, Kim. Uh, and, and also with us, of course, is uh, Steve Duran from Rondar. Great to have you here, Steve. Uh, and uh, a couple of the folks that have benefited from this program. We're going to introduce those folks to you in just a couple of seconds, too. Let me, uh, first of all, talk about what's going on with Electra right now. Uh, this is, of course, the, the brand-new uh, utility company that's serving Hamilton and many other areas, too. This is a pretty exciting time for you guys. Yes, it really is. Electra came together on February 1st this year, and it was the combination of four previous utility companies, Horizon, which is at Hamilton, Enersource out of Mississauga, Hydro One Brampton, and PowerStream, which service, uh, services just north of the Mississauga-Brampton area. Uh, in our experience, uh, and, and going back to when Horizon was first born, of course, uh, you have uh, developed a reputation as one of the most uh, efficient utilities in the, in the province of Ontario, haven't you? Yes, we're very proud of that. In fact, bringing these four organizations together really blended four of the most efficient LDCs or local distribution companies in Ontario. So we're, we're going to work together to try to even improve our services to our uh, our users, our rate payers in the, each uh, municipality. 
So to suggest that you're in a growth mode right now would be a little bit of an understatement. Wow, it's an understatement. <laughs> it's been a busy couple of years putting this this uh, combination of companies together, but we're already seeing some great benefits. Talk to us about the program and the interaction between Mohawk College and what's going on with Electra. I'd love to talk to you because we have, through our uh, previous four independent co-op programs, we've brought in uh, almost 100 students. Mm-hmm. 25% of those 100 students every year come out of Mohawk. It's incredible. Yeah, it is. We, we have a big commitment to the student program because we know that we're bringing young talent into the organization. We're able to use their youth, their energy, and their very recent technical training and apply all those talents immediately in our business. Well, one of them sitting beside you here, Kyle Wardell is with us. Uh, talk to us about how you got involved in this, Kyle. Um, well, I was fortunate enough to... Um, have some connections when I was working um, one summer I was had a summer placement in um, the billing department at Horizon uh, now Electra and from there I met a few people and I got uh, lucky enough to be a part of the capital projects department now uh, with Electra and and where was your training in that previously how'd you get how'd you get your foot in the door in the first place um, <laughs> Luckily enough, my dad actually works for Electra as ah. well, so uh, I was lucky enough to get some connections. So you that. knew a little bit about the biz already. Yeah, I did actually. Um, it's nothing like it is now. Like I know a lot more than I did back then, but uh, it's great. Uh, Steve Durand is here as well from Rondar. Steve, uh, thanks for coming in today. Maybe uh, Now, you're a grad of Mohawk, right? You're a chemical engineering grad. Yes, I am. I actually went through the uh, program, graduated in 2002. All right. And what's, uh, t- for those that don't know, t- let's talk about what Rondar is, what you guys do. Uh, we're a high-voltage maintenance company uh, based out of Hamilton. We also have a location out in Markham, and, um, and we also have a building services division out in, in uh, CCIW, the Canadian Centre for Inland Waters, where we deal with the uh, building services part. As, as Kim was outlining, uh, this is a pretty interesting and pretty fascinating and exciting time for, for the industry, isn't it? Yes, it is. It really is. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, I would say, a, an exciting time. Uh, on our side, uh, because I'm the, lab, I'm the uh, lab manager, so we're trying to expand as well. We're trying to uh, see if we can get a little more of that uh, work from uh, Electra. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> oh, let's cut a deal here, guys. Yeah, well, 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 I've got both of you at the table here. I'll be the facilitator. That sounds great. <laughs> we'll talk about that later on. Uh, Mark Jabakowski is with us as well. Mark, uh, talk to us about how you got involved in the program and what you're doing. Well, I was actually a, a student of Mohawk College 19 years ago, and I was fortunate enough to have a co-op placement at former Hamilton Hydro uh, 19 years ago, which that gave me my foot in the door. That, that's three names ago. That's three. <laughs> na- that, that's three names ago, and yeah, it was a fortunate enough an experience, and it's it's worked out quite well for me. So talk to us about the program itself and, and the co-op element to this and how that benefited you. So the co-op element, um, basically, uh, you know, we always tell our co-op students that, you know, it's a four, eight, 12 month inter- interview process, right? Because at the end of the program, when you graduate, like, I mean, like, I mean, if you make a name for yourself, those are the, the students that we want to hire back as on a full time basis. Uh, like, I mean, we're responsible for, you know, multi-million dollar programs and uh, these and, and our co-op students are exposed to that, helping our technologists work on those uh, and, uh, you know, and execute those programs for us for electric utilities. So how do you how do you 
tailor a program like this to to make it easy for somebody like kyle and others that are coming along here to get them to get them job ready career ready well we expose them to all the elements like i mean we have to deal with our city partners like i mean it's 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 working one on one with our city partners working with the technicians customer service it's 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 building your toolbox to be successful for for the future and this this interaction that goes on here between the two of these things is fascinating, Kim, to see the way that the city, and, and, and in this particular case, of course, Electra, uh, looks to Mohawk uh, as, as a leader in this area to to basically provide that, that workforce, that, uh, that ever-expanding workforce now. Yes, very much so. In fact, we really count on student programs from Mohawk and all kinds of colleges to really support our, our hiring plans, our workforce plans. There's a natural exit as people retire out, and to be able to hire in trained students with practical skills and hands-on experience puts us years ahead in our in our training plans. Well, you've got that relationship that's, that's established. I mean, when you know when you got somebody like Kyle that uh, that's that's being brought along through the program like this, uh, it, it's not as if you have to start looking around and say, okay, uh, so and so is retiring at the end of this year. I've got to find a replacement. You got one already. I mean, right. and they're already being trained, and they're already be becoming acquainted with the workplace environment that that, that you're uh, fostering, of course, uh, with uh, at Electra in this particular case. Uh, that's exactly right, and we really count on that, and that's why we bring in o- almost 100 students a year, and many of them, as Kyle is, return uh, multiple semesters in order that they've got great experience and of course on on semester two or semester three the experience is is much richer because they've already got four months experience under their belt plus another semester of training so it's a great thing for every organization steve when you start working at ronda obviously you're a mohawk grad so you knew a little bit about the program and and how successful it was you're an example of how successful the program can be how do you come to the decision to say, hey, we want to get involved in that co-op program? That can be beneficial to us as well. Well, for us, um, a lot of our testing is, uh, is cyclical in terms of the amount of uh, flow of uh, samples coming in. So what we do is we test uh, transformer oil, and you want to do the testing when, it's, uh, when the transformer is actually getting more work to it. So it's kind of like a blood test for the transformer to determine the health of it. So we get most of our, like a good majority of our samples come by in July, August, September, October. So during that time, we need the extra manpower. But during this time right now, where we're in the winter months, where the load is much lower, it's it's not as crucial. And frankly, if we had a full-timer, I'd be spending most of my time trying to find out work for them. As it is, uh, the, uh, we're going to have uh, three lab technicians come in May, because we have hired our co-op student from last year. And um, once once that comes around, uh, uh, kind of got lost there. Um, so the entire idea is for the co-op student to come in and fill in the big gap that we have. And I always do use it as a uh, as a way to basically you're training somebody uh, to work within a laboratory environment. Which even though we do have labs here, you never quite get the actually here at Mohawk, you never quite get the same experience until you actually go in and do the same type of testing over and over and get an idea of just how how the job is actually going to be. So you can see if you want to work in a contract lab, to see if you want to go and branch out somewhere else. You should hire these guys. He's doing important stuff. Okay. So. Sounds interesting. <laughs> but, but, you know, this goes to the to, to work that uh, he just talked, that Steve just talked about here. 
one of the ongoing concerns, of course, when you get into to utilities, of course, is, is infrastructure and, and the, the maintenance of that infrastructure. And, and in some places, the renewal of that infrastructure has got to be a heavy cost. And, too, and, and to have that kind of expertise here readily available, of course, right here uh, from Mohawk College has got to be a huge asset for you. It is, and we have uh, students we bring into quite a number of different programs in the organization in different departments for that very reason, Bill. For example, we bring students into not just customer service or human resources, but our control room, our engineering systems, even our line, our lines technologists. Why? Because we constantly need help in those areas. The workload is heavy, the costs are heavy. To augment it with talented students improves our business model. The... Uh the ability to understand exactly what what's needed in this industry, Mark, has to be a huge part of this as well for for the students who come through this program right now to to know uh, exactly what opportunities are available to them in this industry. That's got to be a big part of the of the uh, learning process. Absolutely, and we try to tra- train our students to know you know the policies and the procedures and 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 of course to be safe out in the field sure. with our technologists, right? Because safety is our first most important aspect of the job, right? And we try to instill that into our students. And then once they graduate, that's what we're looking for in return, right? Like, I mean, they're building their toolbox, and we we want to capitalize on that. But you look at the opportunities. I mean, that's a, that's a great big office building you guys were in. Uh, and <laughs> there's a lot of jobs there, a lot of different jobs that many people may not even be aware of. Absolutely there is. It's, it's, a, it's a huge company now, right? Like, I mean, with, with Electra now, we have over, what, probably 1,500 employees, right? So there's a lot of opportunities to branch out uh, into different aspects of, a, of, your, of your career. Were you were you surprised, Kyle, by the magnitude of of the jobs and, and the, the the functions that had to be done in a, in a thing like this, in, in a company like that? Uh, at first, you, you knew was, a little bit about it because your dad was there. But yeah, at first it was um, maybe a little bit overwhelming, but it's just something that you get used to, and it's really um, there's no other experience really. Some of the stuff you do on the daily basis is just just unbelievable, and to see some of the stuff. Uh, go out in real life and be a part of that is just awesome. Which which part of it really uh, uh, gets you going right now? What part are you really attracted to at this stage? Um, uh, well, I get to uh, design uh, some pole placements, um, some underground work, and one of the biggest things that makes me most proud is um, to see some of my own jobs that I got to design with help from Mark and other people and other senior techs. Um, it's just very, it's quite uh, an honor to see some of that work actually be done in the real world. But, but And that's got to be one of the great things about this. That gives you a great sense of satisfaction, clearly. But it, it also shows, uh, Steve, I'll get you to come into this, and I want to get uh, Kim's opinion on this, too. That when students come out of Mohawk like this, uh, you you throw them right into the breach. I mean, they, you know, you know that they're ready to take on those sorts of responsibilities. Oh, exactly. Um, that's 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 one of the reasons why we always come to Mohawk. They, I don't get co-op students at all from anywhere else. Um, actually, our entire lab right now, all all of our uh, lab staff, all all three plus me, is um, our Mohawk graduates from the uh, chemical technologies. Um, actually, one of them's from environmental, so that works out too. Uh, for, for me, I, I like getting Mohawk students because I know exactly what they've learned. I even know some of the professors, and I, 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 it, it gives me a great, um, great bit of confidence that these people are going to know what they're going to do. And, and 
the type of work we do within the lab, uh, we don't have we don't actually learn it in most other places because we do a lot of electrical testing and, and uh, chemical testing on it on the uh, transformer oil. So it's different. We have to do a full training, but I do know that they know how to work safe, which is my number one, two, and three priority. Um, because in the high voltage industry, as as everyone else here knows, that you make a mistake, it's a big mistake. Um, so somebody could die quite easily. So it's not so bad in the lab, but for me, I, I get very, I, I, I like the fact that Mohawk does really instill the, the uh, safety aspect, which is really big. And, and this is one of the elements that I find so fascinating about this, Kim. It's, it's not as if you say, oh, this is Mohawks do. Yeah, take that file over there and put it on that person's desk. Now they're rolling their sleeves up and getting right into it. That's absolutely true. Our experience is a little bit different than Steve's because we source so many students we actually look for help from educational institutions across our broader service territory because we look for the best students from the best programs out of the best schools. So we like to come to Mohawk because Mohawk delivers those best students with the best training. And we can trust the Mohawk students to come in and work safely, work smartly, work effectively. It's, it's very important to the business to count on those things. Uh, not unlike your business, Steve, safety is our first priority. Sure. And he made a very, very wise point. If someone gets hurt at Electra Utilities, it's, it's an extremely important issue to us, and we do everything we can to avoid any injuries. And we know that Mohawk students are coming prepared. The, uh, the tagline when you see the billboards around town, uh, Mark, when they talk about Mohawk, is future ready. Uh, and that interaction with industry like this to make sure that these students know what's going to be happening to them when they get out there on into the field is, is an important part of that, isn't it, in preparing for that? Oh, absolutely, and we need to prepare our students for that, right? Like, I mean, uh, it's a, again, it's return on investment. The more we can prepare our students and, you know, when a position comes available down the road, we can, you know, capitalize on that investment that we that we perform for the, you know, for that co-op term. You're listening to The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. It's been a couple of years since we've been back up to this campus anyway, Mohawk College, and uh, as we were saying to uh, Ron McCurley when we started the program at 9 o'clock this morning, every time I come up here, uh, uh, and I am here from time to time to just drop in and see some folks, uh, it's amazing the, uh, the the metamorphosis that seems to be ongoing here, new construction and new things that are going here. This is a, an incredible uh, environment, an incredible uh, learning environment for the students here at Mohawk College. Uh, joining us now is, uh, is our good friend Paul Armstrong, of course, Vice President of Academics here at Mohawk. You've been hovering around all morning. I wanted you to sit down and talk to us for a while. Uh, Love what you've done to the place. <laughs> this has been sensational. You were just telling me, before we get into our guests, I want to introduce Paul and Mo in just a couple of seconds here, uh, about this this little thing over here to our right here, which I kind of caught my eye when I was coming in. I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Uh, this, this is this is not just a, a learning environment where you're teaching skills. You're, you're actually helping people to, to get started in the business world. You're mentoring them, and you're giving them that hand up. That uh, that's basically a startup if you want to get involved in that sort of thing. You you think of everything here at the college, don't you, Paul? Well, we're we're trying, Bill, and I mean certainly built on the success around co-op of giving people that real life learning opportunity. There, you know, we needed to decide how are we going to make that available for every student. So you're going to hear a little bit more in a minute about the the research activities and how that connects students to real life. But entrepreneurship is uh, one of our priorities and. Uh, So through Surge, which is on campus, students have the opportunity to be mentored by a faculty, access resources around 
developing their own businesses and then the you know one of the commitments the college has made is to provide them access to marketplace space and uh, so the company Mobilis that you're seeing over there they've been there for a couple of months and uh, you know as they start to develop their business and build a customer base it's been a great resource so lots of different ways we can try and connect those students to the real life and uh, to give them that that leg up as they get going in their own careers. Well, that's that's an interesting aspect of this, though. As as Lisa and her staff work to to create co-op opportunities here, and, and of course that's a key part of the of the learning environment. Not everybody's going to stay in that corporate world. They may want to go off on their own way, and and you've thought of that, and you've got those support services in place for those people. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know whether they're trying to start their own business, uh, we find as well a number of our international students that uh, running their own business or being part of a family business is a is one of their goals of coming to Canada. So we have the surge support. We have uh, a group on campus called the Agency, where we bring students in and they help community groups uh, around the development of business plans and help them further their objectives by involving students. And uh, recently, we've been running a, a series called Family Business, and it's all about helping people transition and support uh, individuals who are either going to start or continue a family business, do it the right way, and to be supported. So lots of ways that individuals can engage and support themselves as they they move forward this is a, not a one-size-fits-all opportunity here is it lisa you you basically tailor programs here for whatever the student needs it's you're not trying to fit the student into the program you're trying to fit the program around the students needs absolutely and i think at the end of the day um it's a long day so you want to, to be doing something that you love so Co-op, you know, it really allows the student to to get a sense of, you know, not only their skills and strengths, but their own personality sets. It really, it really, um, it causes them to reflect on what it is that that really motivates them and and where they see themselves um, moving forward in their career. So um, so these types of opportunities that we present to students via co-op and around the campus really assist students in in identifying where they, you know, where they uh, will be the most happy in their lives. Paul Brown is also with us, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about Mohawk and, and the program that you're involved with. Paul, first of all, thanks for coming in today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me here, too. Uh, talk to us about, uh, about what's going on here with, uh, with, with your program. Uh, thanks, Bill. So I'm the manager of Medic, which is a research uh, group within Mohawk. So we don't offer uh, academic courses in the traditional sense, but we work with government, we work with small industry to build software, typically. And our focus is on digital health solutions. So we might work with the Ministry of Health, eHealth Ontario, as well as entrepreneurs who have ideas for apps, existing companies that want to uh, build or enhance the software that you might find in your doctor's office. And we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. And we started very small. We started with one professor and one student and an idea. From that seed, over 10 years, we've leveraged co-ops. So our entire workforce of students has come through the co-op pipeline. Typically when uh, when we adopt them as part of our family, because we don't treat them like they're not co-ops, they're part of a family, mm-hmm. not even part of a team, part of the family. And to that end, we'll uh, engage them for about two years. So they're learning skills, they're working on real projects, and they're being given very real responsibilities. Of the, the, the group that we've had through, which has probably been a little over 175 students in that timeline that have come through our department. Most of them have gone off into industry, but our internal expertise is built from that. And Mo, who's with me today, came through that co-op system 
and became one of our developers and has gone from and and he'll talk about his journey has gone from the student to a leader and not just a leader within our group he's recognized as an international leader in his skill set for example he's worked with uh, in the last few months uh, Myanmar's Ministry of Health actually flying over there and helping build out components that they need to bring uh, their their healthcare system into the modern era from something that's quite archaic. Mo Abraham is who we're talking about here and who's gone through that. Welcome to the program. First of all, thanks for coming in today. It's great to have you with us. No problem. How'd you get involved in this? Um, so I, I, I followed pretty much the same pipeline that Paul has talked about. Uh, I started in the, in the program in Medicare as a student. Um, it, it was an interesting story, actually. The reason I came to Mohawk was one day I was, I was driving and I heard on the radio um, that uh, NSERC had this partnership with Mohawk to develop their, uh, or to, de- to develop a reference implementation of their e-health blueprint. And I thought that was really interesting that um, students and, and, and staff members get to work on, you know, uh, a system that's, you know, um, it's, a, it's a federal institution, mm-hmm. right? So that's one of the reasons why I chose Mohawk and I chose a software development program. And, um, uh, you know, through the program I did my two years and then I went for the first co-op in Medic. I've had a couple of offers from, from uh, different institutions, um, but I thought that, you know, talking with my peers, that Medic at the time was was the one to go for. I mean, not just, you know, it's not just about... Um, uh, it being, you know, a leader at that time, but also it's, it's just close to home, right? I wouldn't have to worry about commuting elsewhere or any of that stress, right? So I started here. I was, you know, I was pretty junior. Um, I have, it was my first um, uh, position at, at a professional environment um, in the tech industry. Um, so. It, it was, you know, I, you know, at the time I thought I knew everything, <laughs> and then, you know, quickly I realized that I actually knew nothing. But you know, what I've learned from school was not not, not necessarily, you know, how to do my, you know, day-to-day activities, but you know, um, I've learned the ability to learn new things, and that's really what set medical apart from the other places. It's it's one of the interesting parts of the education system, uh, Paul. I've heard this so many times before. Uh, you have to learn how to learn, and and that's that's really it sounds so elementary, but it's it's an important part of this, isn't it? It is, and we were um, just talking with uh, your previous guests in the insurance, and that you know the ability to learn and to teach students, uh, the ability to learn and continue to gain new knowledge is is outcomes now that employers are expecting, and uh, they just they just make the assumption if you come from Mohawk, you have the technical skills, you've had a great experience in the classroom, and. You know, what we're trying to do, whether it's through co-op or expanding research opportunities, other ways that we connect students through clinical and field placements is to give them that real-life experience that is going to intrigue them to want to learn, it's going to intrigue them to want to be professionals, it's going to show them how to be good communicators and build all the soft skills that are going to allow them to take the great technical skills into what's going to be a very productive career and make them the employees of choice. Even with your experience with what you've done so far, Mo, this this is a, a classic example of the fact that we're dealing with a global economy. This is not just about going to school, getting a job, and, and staying close to home and, and working in this environment. Uh, the world is your oyster here. I mean, you're all over the place and that with that kind of training because there's a there's a market and a need for your skill sets. Absolutely, and, and we're lucky to be in an industry that, you know, even expands that area, right? Um, you know, being in the tech industry, specifically, you're, you're, you know, the opportunities is for you to work in any, every other industry because every other industry needs technology at some point. 
Well, the, the the bones of Mohawk College was tech ball way back in the HDI days, way back when. Uh, that, that seemed to be the, the foundation for what was going on. Uh, but you have grown, and these, these programs have grown at this college as, as that has advanced too. And uh, and you got to be one step ahead of it, I guess, to be to be able to educate people to be ready for that sort of job. There's a sense of anticipation about what's happening in the world, and you have to be prepared for that. And you've done that at Mohawks. We haven't. I mean, you've seen a small amount of the commitment that the community and the employers make to Mohawk. So through co-ops, that's one way that they're supporting Mohawk. But every program has a very active program advisory committee, and you know, it's through the, the leadership and listening to our community that allows us to determine what is next, where are the gaps, what are the challenges, what do we need to be doing, how do we start to take what was one set of skills in a certain program and then layer on the next. And, you know, as you said, we, you know, the Hamilton Institute of Technology um, was sort of the foundation, so that blend of technology, and then we layered healthcare on, and now what we're seeing is um, and, and, and the work through Medic is a perfect example, is the integration now of health and technology. So that was sort of the next evolution. And, you, you know, so it's, it's the, the feedback from the employers and looking at the trends. And now we're responding so that, you know, the students have that opportunity through co-op to, to blend the two and continue to be the employees of choice for, for our community that is good for them, but it's good for, for the community of Hamilton because it, it meets the economic demands, it meets the economic requirements, and allows the city to thrive. Well, and we've seen that happen as the city has changed, haven't we, Paul? I mean, you know, there's a, a time when this was heavy industry. That was Hamilton's backbone of that time. And, and, and manufacturing is still a part of our, our economy, certainly, and we, it always will be. But we've seen this move and evolution towards healthcare and, and research and development in that field, too. And as that started to evolve, I mean, that was when you were taking baby steps in this program. So you pretty much grew together, didn't you? Yeah, it was uh, certainly good timing on on our part, and there was it wasn't um, more than coincidental. More, more than coincidental, and there was obviously a federal movement and a provincial movement to uh, come in alignment with that. Certainly, um, we're we're seeing the rise of technology, smartphones, for example. We're seeing a lot of impetus in that that we expect to see our data, and and own our data. Traditionally, if you wanted to get your medical record, what would you do? You'd have to go and actually physically visit your doctor. Yeah. Hope that they've got your uh, uh, legible notes, and there's no portability to that if you wanted to uh, use that yourself or take ownership. So we work with companies to give access to uh, what are called personal health records, for example, where you can contribute. You can have, uh, hopefully, a dialogue and ask better questions to, when you have that limited amount of time with your physician or your specialist. You'll see access to, to labs. If you've ever gone for lab results, and you can see that before you actually go and talk to your clinician. Well, I might not be a, a, an expert at everything, but I can look up the word abnormal and do a little bit of searching and then ask better questions, right? Taking control of my healthcare. And, and as we have an aging population, certainly we have to recognize that we all have to take ownership of that. We can't uh, keep showing up sick at the doctor's office. We have to start thinking about preventing things. And one of the day, one of the ways to do that is providing more means for people to take control of and and um, of the information that they have available to them. Whether that's through apps that uh, you, you link your Fitbit to, diet control blood glucose monitors and being able to see what that information looks like over time and those are the type of projects that that excite us and then we can capture the energy that the students come with and certainly they do have a lot of energy isn't it amazing how even even in this age we tend to take a lot of that stuff for granted i mean you just use three or four examples 
I mean, you know, one in I don't know how many people now have a Fitbit or a, a smartwatch of some kind, and you just naturally know that you can get all that information on there. That that didn't just happen. That was developed in, in, in environments like what you're doing here at Mohawk College. Uh, absolutely, and we have had uh, many of our students come through with interesting ideas and go off to spawn their own companies and be those next generation of, of innovators, coming up with ideas for uh, monitoring prescription management. I take medications and there are mornings where I might forget. Well, fortunately I've got an app on my phone to help remind me that uh, that thing is important and there should be a routine there. And if I and if I do forget, you know, it's my backup. How much? It seems as if there's a lot of room for for innovation uh, within what you're actually doing, Mo, uh, to be creative. It's it, you're, you're you're not doing the same thing every day here, are you? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> um, one of the things that actually um, I really appreciated about Medic was the fact that um, everybody was was encouraged to take a pet project that's completely unrelated to what you're working on every day just to get the creativity juices flowing and I remember one of them was um, you know uh, there was this technology called uh, beacons it's basically Bluetooth transmitters um, uh, they're pretty cheap um, but they could they could have applications in, in you know localization in, in, in contextual marketing and so on so we thought well you know we bought about 50 of them uh, and, and you know, we, we thought, how, how can we use this in our next events? And you know, fortunately, the next event was uh, Apps for Health, which is a, an event that we hold here every day. Um, so you know, we sort of sat together and we figured out, well, you know, can we probably use this for health as well? And we, you know, there was a lot of ideas thrown around. We ended up with uh, an application that we've written within a couple of days, actually, for a demo. Um, basically, it went as you know. We can put these in doctors' offices, and we can you know you know like why should the patient go in and and, and queue just to just to see you know um, uh, you know like wait in line mm -hmm. just to say you know I'm I'm here. Right? Why couldn't we figure that out automatically if a patient has their smartphone on their pocket and we have these devices that detect when the patient come in? Why not just you know put them in a queue automatically? Right. So, so little ideas like that that sort of have a huge effect and it was it was very well received as a demo uh, maybe Paul could talk a bit more it sort of um, led to some other projects that we're working on currently but that, this this is you know you get a bunch of guys like Mo in a room and they start to, to blue sky and what can we do with this or what about this and start problem solving uh, you know people always ask uh, where the next great idea is going to come from it's going to come from guys like Mo obviously but that opportunity that environment for them to interact and to exchange those ideas Paul is such a key part of that it, it is I mean it's not going to be you and I, Bill, that are probably coming up with the next big thing. So our goal here in our role at Mohawk is to give people like Mo and his team and all the other students on this campus the, 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 the opportunity and the resources and the, the freedom, I guess, to explore and to take some risk because without taking that risk, you're not going to get to the next great thing or the next great evolution. And, you know, we see examples all the time, as, as Paul Brown just mentioned, where uh, students are getting exposed to it. They're they're given an opportunity to express their freedom and their creativity, and then they go off and they're they're doing great things. Whether they're recognized uh, internationally, they're recognized locally, nationally. They're making living out of ideas they had, and 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 then really that's what that's what our our job here is to give them that ability, give them those resources, give them those supports to really explore and uh, and be successful. 
And as, as regards to the to the co-op program here, Lisa, I mean, this is cutting-edge stuff. This is 21st century technology, and uh, maybe this is giving you, an, uh, again, another great opportunity now. And as Mo's already told us, the people that are making uh, so much progress in this field right now are looking to places like Mohawk College and saying, that's where our talent pool, that's where the in- inventive ideas are going to come from. So they're, they're probably knocking on your door at this stage. Absolutely, Bill. I mean, another um, really good example here at the college is the additive manufacturing resource uh, center that we have, Um, you know, cutting edge 3D printing um, opportunity for university and colleges to to actually um, utilize the space, utilize the technology and, um, you know, develop you know, develop um, amazing technologies um, right here on our very campus. And in that in that particular lab, we have students, co-op students working there and actually involved in those processes on a semesterly basis. So um, some really exciting times and, and lots of different research and development opportunities on the campus for students to become engaged with. Right, we've got about a minute or so left here, Paul. Uh, Paul Brown, I asked this developing those relationships with industry and maintaining those interests so that they know that this is the place that you want to come to to find people like Mo and that kind of innovative idea. How do you how do you foster those and, and, and maintain those? Uh, the, the main way we do that is through industry outreach events. Yeah. Some we host ourselves. Mo mentioned Apps for Health and uh, we will go out to the federal and the provincial type events. But I, I think the, the best way to do it, once we have those relationships, engaging the students and the staff directly on the projects and they can see the value. Quite often, one of the, the big problems that we come across, our partners will say, we have a hard time finding good staff. And, I, and, and they're asking me to provide an instant solution. I say, well, let's work together we have co-op students, you have real problems. Why don't we work together and train your future staff? And it's such a natural fit for the co-op system and for the college to do that. And we're doing that constantly with, with new partners. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.